You're listening to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Benny Jones for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, aren't we thrilled to be here with you on a Friday night? Round 10 is underway in the National Rugby League. Ten rounds in already. Where has the season gone? Scotty Sattler joins myself, Benny Jones, uh, to uh, discuss the game that's already unfolded, but of course to look forward to what's coming up later tonight and the rest of the weekend. Sats, uh, good evening to you. How are you? Very well, Benny, and uh, a great night at Leichhardt Oval last night for NRL Nation. Um, Thursday night usually hasn't been a really big, big crowd puller for a lot of NRL teams mm. because it's just, just difficult for families to be out on Thursday night, of course, and and because of the, the working working week. But Leichhardt Oval Hill, it was like a Sunday afternoon Yeah, clash last night between... Between the Tigers and the Cowboys, uh, it was really great to see. The streets were lined. There was the old hot dog man was out the front of Leichhardt Oval again, which is always great to see uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, which is synonymous with suburban rugby league grounds. So it was, it was a tremendous start to Indigenous Week, which is round 10. I know we jump on the merry-go-round every time we, we head back to a suburban ground and it gets some, some prime-time viewing like it was last night, Thursday night at Leichhardt. Do, do you still pine, Sats? And, of course, you probably played the, the early part of your career was just about the time the suburban ground started to, to drift out of vogue. That we, we, we could get back to that, to, to spend some more... I'm getting a bit political early on in the show, but spend more resources, more dollars on upgrading these facilities so we can get back into the suburbs a bit? Yeah, I, I'd like to think... Yeah, you know, the historical part of me, Benny, says I'd love to see that. I would love to see it, but I just think, the the realistically, I don't mm. think it could possibly happen. One, yeah, they want bigger crowds. Two, the facilities doesn't matter whether you upgrade them or not. You know, getting in and out and parking, and it's just it's just not uh, it's not easy access for a yep. lot of the fans these days. So, I just think what they're doing right now is is perfect. They take three or four games a year back to their suburban grounds. Whoever still has a suburban ground, you've got Belmore who mm. gets a couple of games a year for the Doggies and then, of course, Leichhardt Oval, Campbelltown Stadium. Uh, yeah, yeah it's it's great to see the games go back there, but I couldn't see them being there yeah. as much as we'd love it. It's just, it's not realistic. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame because I'll take 25,000 full house, feral, rabid fans over say 40,000 at ANZ Stadium when it's yeah, half full. But uh, anyway, that's that's the fantasy world we live in, Sats. Hey, we've got lots to get through. We're going to get a Makita Power Player from you a little bit later on in the program. A great debate is going to centre around coaches and fines. And, of course, Dean Pay has been front and centre with that, the coach of the Bulldogs, in the last week or so. Uh, we'll get a driver's seat preview and also catch up with the team from PointsBet. But first, we need to preview what's coming up tonight as part of our big Friday night edition of Off the Bench. Let's do it for 7-Eleven. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, get yourself revived. I will not start a show without one. That is a 7-Eleven freshly ground coffee. The best thing about them, Sats, is not only do they taste delicious, but they only cost you a dollar. So a little bit of loose change, a little nothing bit of gold. Costs you only a dollar exactly. That hey? I tell you, well, well, nothing does except for the 7-Eleven freshly ground coffee. Hey, mate, uh, we know that there's a game already underway, Knights and Panthers, so I know yep. you'll be keeping a, a little bit of an eye on that. But we're going to focus in on the Bulldogs and the Eels, which seems an odd thing to say. It gets underway shortly because... This is the quintessential battle of the cellar dwellers. Currently 15th and 16th on the NRL table. I'm not sure many had the Eels that low this far into the season. The Bulldogs, maybe, but certainly they looked a lot more promising to start the campaign. It has been a bitterly disappointing 2018 for both. That's putting it mildly. 
Yeah, it has been, especially Parramatta, as you said, Benny. Um, you know, I had them as the, the premiership mm-hmm. favourites at the start of the season. I did that based on the strength of their playing group, the strength of their coach, and also their ability to score 20, 30, 40 points when they need to. And that's a dangerous side when if you want to score 24, we'll score 30. Yep. We, we don't care. And Parramatta, the way they started this season off, I think attributes back to their pre-season where a lot of players, whether you agree with it or not, but they were saying that before round one it had even kicked off, they felt as though they were lethargic, tired and unmotivated to play. And, and that's concerning signs. And you look at the Bulldogs' first-year coach, Dean Pay. I had my reservations at the start of the season, Benny, when when Dean Pay came out and said, we are going to be one of the fittest, toughest, most physical sides in the comp. And that sounds really good, but in today's game, you need more. Yep. And they have got the players to be higher up the, the ladder, the Bulldogs, you know, sitting 15th at the moment, second last. But uh, like a, a few of our sides at the moment, most notably probably the Cowboys, they are, you know, they are probably too predictable in today's game. They need to come up with plan B and plan C, which at the moment they don't seem to have. It all focuses around... Kieran Foran and mm. Kieran Foran unfortunately isn't playing to the the capabilities of what we've seen Kieran Foran in the past. So we look at the way the season has unfolded and I think in round ten it's it's a little premature to suggest this is now or never, but it's gotta be said and we can't live in a fairy tale land here, Sats it uh, for the loser here tonight in this game. Uh, it becomes awfully tough. Once you're playing catch-up, and we're talking now three or four games outside of even scraping into the eight, uh, it, it almost becomes impossible. While for the winner, maybe, just maybe, it could cause a little spark to get some momentum behind them. Is that how you'd be viewing this? If you're both coaches going into this game, that, that's how you'd be motivating the troops? Oh, you're not even thinking about eighth position in the finals at the moment. What you're doing is you're just saying, individually, I just need you to... to hit all the little key indicators that we spoke about at the start of the year as you as an individual. If we do that collectively, well, well, we'll get we'll get a couple of wins on... If we get two wins, well, then hopefully that'll be three, and that'll be four, and then all of a sudden, you're on your way. Now, you look at the Parramatta Eels and, and the Bulldogs, and, and both teams are mm. only on four points. Yep. And the teams that are sitting up around ninth, 10th, 11th are on eight points. So a, a win by one of these sides, which is going to happen... Um, but the way both of them playing, they'll probably end up playing at a golden point draw. <laughs> but um, a win from both of these sides, and if the goal, one of these sides, and if the Gold Coast get beaten, North Queensland got beaten, all of a sudden, mm. you're back up amongst the ninth, tenth, and eleventh place teams on the competition ladder. So, as a coach, you'd be looking at that and saying, "Hey, if we get the win, but it's more about that. It's more about just individually spending time with individual players, saying, yeah. This is what we want you to do. This is where we started at the start of the year. This is how we wanted you to play. These is, this is what makes you a good player and why you play NRL. And um, if we do that, well, before you know it, you're, uh, you're up amongst all the, um, yep. all the middle, middle part of the competition ladder. Absolutely. Now, the Eels, if we focus in on them just briefly, uh, two of their last three, oh so close, as we saw the heartbreaking scenes for Mitchell Moses when he had that kick uh, pretty much on full time to extend the game into uh, Golden Point extra time after an amazing comeback in the last 10 minutes. So their form of late has been better. Of course, it couldn't have got much worse, I suppose, Sats, if we're looking at it from one angle. But have you seen enough, a little bit of character, a little bit of resilience from uh, the Parramatta boys over the past few weeks to suggest that maybe they could turn the corner and, and maybe they could make a little bit of a climb up the table soon? Yeah, absolutely. And I think just what you alluded to, Benny, I think that last week's performance when they scored three tries in the space of about five or six minutes hmm. and one, one of those, as you said, right on full time, 
it does show that you've got some fight back. It shows that you've got some spirit amongst your side. And it's coming from probably one of the most unheralded players in their side. And it's, he's a guy that comes off the bench, and his name's David Gower. He's a front rower. He's highly skillful. He's not built like a front rower, but whatever he does, he, he gets on the field and changes the energy of the side. It's a little bit like what Matt Pryor does with, with the Cronulla Sharks. So, you know, last week he scored a try. He, was, he created a lot of opportunities. And so it shows that they have got some fight back. They've got mm. some character. And and with this game, I I think the Parramatta Eels will win this 13-plus, to be quite honest, yeah. against the Bulldogs. Because okay. both teams have struggled to score points this year, I think. Both, on average, are scoring about 15 to 16 points a game, which isn't enough to win a game of rugby league. You've got to be up around the 20, 22, just to, just to give yourself a little bit of breathing space. Mm. But, you know, the Parramatta Eels have got something. They've got too much skill, speed to uh, and experience also to not be up higher than what they are. But as we said, if, if they get a win here, that's three from their last four, Parramatta. Yep. And their four and against is as good as most teams in the, in the bottom half of the competition. So... Yeah, they they get a win here this afternoon or tonight. The uh, the Parramatta Eels, well, they're they're back amongst it. Well, as you mentioned, uh, Sats will we'll now focus in on their opponents uh, in the Bulldogs. Now you've said that creativity and and scoring has again been the Achilles heel. It's not to suggest they don't have those players, but is it a problem that I suppose can easily be fixed, or does it depend purely on the personnel that you have at your disposal? I suppose if you're a Bulldogs fan right now, you're looking at that as one aspect, and then maybe as another. You're probably suggesting the footy gods, and maybe Dean Pay alluded to this last week after the loss to the Broncos, just just are against them at the moment. Yeah, it can work that way. I think the way they played the start of the season, it, it came down to game plan, but also came down to execution. And yeah, whether you play in the finals, Benny, it, it, you can look at a lot of areas. You can look at the word culture and all that yep. sort of, you know, those whiz-bang phrases, but <laughs> it comes down to talent, mm. simple talent. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a good uh, good spray of talent across the board, um, in especially that have a little bit of experience, blended in with a little bit of youth and and, uh, and enthusiasm and energy. And if you can get that, that balance right, well, you'll win most than you'll lose. Now, with the Bulldogs, they've got that. They've got Moses Zumbai, who's young, experienced. You've got the Breton Josh Morris, experienced over 200 gamers. Will Hopawati is an origin player. You know, Kieran Fawn, you know, three or four years ago, was one of the best halves in the yep. world. They've got two state of origin front rowers. They've got a state of origin back row on Josh Jackson uh, for Taylor Mariner, who's one of the real up-and-coming back rowers in the competition. So you go across those names, and the Bulldogs should not be sitting where they're sitting. So the only thing you need to look back at is, well, if there's nothing going wrong with their uh, behind the scenes, uh, it, with, with that playing squad, it comes down to game plan. Yep comes down to game plan and execution it's something they're not doing because you look across the board and they've got a really uh, a really exciting team mm. um, they don't have a recognized hooker Jeremy Marshall King sitting there at number nine at the moment they've dropped Michael, Michael Leisha last week and and um, and then then you talk about the footy guys like you spoke about last week against the Brisbane Broncos they did get a couple of really tough calls that that did change the momentum of the game most notably the one with Jermaine Osako, the knock-on, yeah. which would have given them a feed to a scrum about 20 metres out. Uh, but then again, the argument, Benny, is that they've been in s- such great field position in the first nine weeks of the competition that they haven't been able to score points. Yeah, haven't taken but advantage. But at least they at least they deserve those opportunities. Um, I thought they got the call right last week with the Darius Boyd penalty to kick the goal to win the Broncos. Mm. But there's 
two glaring errors I think the referees made throughout that game that uh, yep. really changed the momentum of the game. Well, we know the footy gods, they can be fickle if we are a believer in said things. So who knows? Maybe they'll be working in the favour of the Bulldogs shortly when that game against the Eels gets underway uh, very, very soon. In fact, new Slurpee drink bottles are just $5, or you can refill for $1 at 7-Eleven. Hang tight here, Sats, because up next we're going to review the Tigers and Cowboys clash at Leichhardt. Beautiful little Leichhardt oval last night uh, with the West Tigers snapping a losing streak and consigning North Queensland to more misery. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. And there's a way you can combine all three of those wonderful, wonderful Friends of ours at Kubota and also First Choice Liquor and Big Four. Book your holiday at Big Four, bigfour.com. Uh, take along your diesel generator to make sure that your uh, little campsite there is powered. And then, of course, pop up the First Choice Liquor to make sure you've got all of your beverage needs catered for on your next holiday around Australia. This is Off the Bench. Benny Jones here. Scotty Satlow is taking notes furiously as we speak in regards to all of the above I've just mentioned. Let's talk about last night, Thursday night's. Big game between the Tigers and the Cowboys. I say a big game because the Tigers just desperately needed a win after uh, a few weeks of pretty tough times. And then the Cowboys, well, they just needed a spark from somewhere, something to get their season going. And it didn't arrive last night at Leichhardt Oval. Sats, the Tigers go on to win and win pretty well in the second half. They ran away with it. I think the bigger question is here is North Queensland. How is a side that made a grand final last year and touted by so many in the preseason as a flag favourite fallen so far off the perch? Yeah, it's, it's probably the, the million-dollar question, isn't it? But they went into that game at Leichhardt over last night, Benny, with the statistics against them. They played seven games there. They'd only won once. Mm. Jonathan Thurston has never won at Leichhardt. Says over. it's the hardest place to play Absolutely. in his He in said his there's, there's kids on the hill <laughs> that were younger than his kids that have said some of the most horrible <laughs> things to him that he's never heard come from a child's mouth. <laughs> we're not condoning um, that, but that's quite humorous. Yeah, yeah but uh, it's, it's a very spiritual place yes. like hard over for the Tigers so when you go and play there especially on a Sunday afternoon but any time you go and play there you 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 don't have to play to 100% of your ability you've got to find something extra somehow yeah. and, yep. and at the moment the Cowboys really don't have that at the start of this season um, quite easily the most disappointing team leading into this uh, competition um, now last week they went out to a big lead against Penrith when they had a, an impressive win in Bathurst mm. against the odds again it's in Penrith's backyard uh, and they went out to a big lead, but they, you know, that got eradicated quite quickly by Penrith, and they got back into the game, and that could have been concerning in itself leading into this week against the Tigers, that you don't go in with full momentum. You go in with doubt when you let so many points in uh, from last week against the Panthers. Now, with with the Cowboys, Jonathan Thurston, he's probably one of the most talked-about players and has been for many, many years now. Yep. He's one of our greatest ever, and will always be one of our greatest ever. But during our call last night on NRL Nation, Benny, Steve Blocker-Roach, who I commentated with last night, he made, he made an interesting comment. He, he spoke about when you announce you're going to retire. And if you do it during the season, well, you basically, you've given yourself every chance to try and change the paradigm or try and change the momentum throughout your, your, your mindset about whether you're going to retire or not. Mm. And sometimes you can, you can get over that, you know, that barrier that's stopping you from playing further years and you decide to keep playing and, and you just motivate yourself. And then the, you get to a period of the season, well, like I did, I was about seven or eight weeks out from the end of the season. I yep. decided 
I don't think I'll be able to play next year with my knee, but mm. I'm going to finish off this season the best way I can. And, and the minute you have that thought, that you just have that doubt creeping, that, that, that's really time to pull the pin, isn't it? Because you can't be anything less. I'd imagine at the top level, and I don't speak from any experience, that's you, of course, do, that once you're playing at that absolute top level, if you're nothing less than 100% committed, then, then you're in the wrong game and you might as well that's hang it. them up. When, yep. when training starts becoming a chore... Yep. That's when you know you've got to start questioning yourself, and yeah. and I suppose the comment that Steve Roach made last night was about that. Yeah, you know, Jonathan Thurston announced at the start of the year that he definitely wasn't playing Origin, and 2018 will quite possibly be his last season, most definitely be his last season. And when you do that at the start of the season, every week becomes a, it can become a chore. Yeah. When you when you announce so far out, it's going to be your last season. And you just start ticking games off. You cross a game off and then cross another game off. And, and you try and motivate yourself to play the way that you used to be able to play. But you, you can just see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is life after rugby league. And your final year also becomes setting up for life after rugby league. Yeah. You know, whether you've got, you know, whether you're, you're involved in a company or whether you're trying to set up a business or whether you're involved in foundations, whatever it may be, it takes away from the focus that has made you great before. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we might move off them, and I suppose the Cowboys, if you're completing 8 of 16 in the uh, sets of possession uh, straight after halftime, you're not going to win too many games of footy. And and, and there were, as you said, veterans, experienced players, superstars of the North Queensland Cowboys that were just making really basic, simple errors. On the flip side, the Tigers sats, well, they completed 20 of their 22 in the second half, and that's why they go on to win the game. Let's focus in on them. Enough of the Cowboys. We know they've got their troubles, but this is a side that has been a whipping boy for the last two, three seasons or so, and now find themselves with this victory back inside the top four. We can't say enough about what Ivan Cleary is doing with this football club uh, to be able to turn its fortunes around pretty quickly. Uh, it's not to suggest they're going to be world beaters this year, but gee, there is some real genuine light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Tigers fan. Yeah, absolutely. Lost the last three, and then all of a sudden they get Russell Packer back. They're a big yep. off-season signing in the front row, and both he and Ben Maddalino, when they're together, they're, they're one of the most destructive front row combinations in the competition. So he comes back. Straight away, there's a, a change in the mindset of of the West Tigers. Uh, there's a confidence about them. The best part about Ivan Cleary, he's always been a really good coach, Ivan Cleary. Mm-hmm. took the Warriors through to a, a grand final in 2000 and 2011. Mm-hmm. And um, and then was at the Penrith Panthers, and, and many were left scratching their heads why the Penrith Panthers allowed him to leave that club. But... What he's done really well at the start of this season, he knows he doesn't have the talent of a lot of other clubs. And, and we were asking the question last night before the game, the first six rounds where they won five of the first six, was that was that basically an, was that an anomaly? Yeah. Were we getting all caught up in the in the excitement of the West Tigers or will they just come back with a thud back to earth? But it's just simplicity. What he does with his side is he... He just focuses on simplicity. And if, if you can be really simple in the first five, six, eight rounds of the competition, mm-hmm. well, that gives you belief. Yeah. And when you get the belief, you start believing you're a better player individually mm-hmm. than the guy that you're going to play against next week. So he's done a great job of doing that, just simplicity. And if we, we do the simple things really well, like you said, Benny, 20 of the 22 sets in the second half, yep. you're not going to get beaten no. if you're retaining the ball that many times, that much possession in really good field position and they had some really good performers last night. Yeah, you're just not giving the opposition much of a look when you're uh, holding onto the footy as well as the Tigers it's were in that second death half. death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. That's what it is. You, know, yeah. you just continually just keep turning the side around and it just gets 
it gets really boring and monotonous for your big front rollers when mm. they have to keep turning around. Yep. They get behind the ball, they look upfield, and the try line's another 75 metres away. Yeah. You go, God, how are we yeah. going to get there? Yep. Uh, yeah. So the uh, Cowboys dropped to 12th. As I said, the Tigers now back up into the top four with that 20-12 to 12 victory. Cracking night at Leichhardt. As uh, Sat said, it's uh, one of the real great places to go and uh, watch football. Maybe not if you're on the opposition to play it, but uh, it's all part and parcel with the challenge of being an NRL player. We're going to listen to the NRL Nation highlights with... Brenton Speed, our man Scotty Sattler and big Steve Blocker-Roach who were there to see the Tigers snap that three-game losing streak with a win over the Cowboys. Now Thurston through the hands, Morgan to kick Crossfield. Felt will need to come up with something miraculous here. He throws it back inside and Brooks is away. Intercept taken. I'm not sure they're going to get to him. Brooks is going 90 metres here. Trying to make up the ground is Hampton, but the first try of the night comes from Luke Brooks. Crossfield run from the halfback. Flicks one to Mahe Fanua from a standing start. He's got the arm free. Second phase 40 for Thompson. Oh, miracle offload. It's a great try from the West Tigers. Oh, that's the new nominee for the Maxis Tires maximum performance try of the year. That is outstanding footy from the West Tigers. And putting it down is Malachi Martini Zalesniak. But the lead-up play from Brooks from Fanua and from Corey Thompson was unbelievable. Well, Fanua gets his chance in the centre. Another kick off the back of it all. They let it bounce, which is dangerous. Following through, wonderful hands. Flick out the back to Martin. They're going to score here. They do. What about the brilliant play from Fensum? JT coming off five from six last week in Bathurst. He's not going to miss this one, but he's taking all the time. A lot to him. Moves back. And moves in to strike it now and does add the extras. It's 8-6 now. Brooks to feed the scrum. Little off the back of it. Throws a big spiral pass out towards Benji. Masters on the outside. Norfoluma will score. How easy was that? Off the back of the scrum, Isan Masters just drew a crowd and Norfoluma was all alone on the right wing. He's a finisher who's no, not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. He got it down even though they're going upstairs, Blocker Roach. It's going to be 12-6 with a kick to come. Eight minutes gone in the second half thanks to Bryden's lawyers protecting your future. Well, I've got to say that is terrible defence. Have a look who's there. Horrible. Who's going to want to come across as halfback to try and help Winterstein with the tackle. Norfoluma will score it. He won't score an easier one than that. Now Malachi Wateni Zalesniak. He throws one here to Masters. Stepping back inside. Isan through Thurston's tackle. Puts it down Isan Masters. He's too hard to stop in that situation. And Antonio Winterstein left in his wake. He's thinking, why on earth did I throw that pass a moment ago? Because the West Tigers have capitalised. They lead 18-12 with 11 minutes to go. Thanks to Bryden's lawyers protecting your future. Hard to believe in a career of over 300 games, he's never won at Leichhardt. And he's had his fair share of opportunities. They're counting it down. The Tigers faithful. And Russell Packer celebrates. They are 6-4. and four. The West Tigers, 12 competition points as they look to return to the finals for the first time since 2011. They're looking pretty good, aren't they? They got a couple of inspirational players back tonight in the form of Russell Packer and Chris Lawrence, while Mahe Fanua's switch to the centres was inspired full-time at Leichhardt. 20 points to 12. The West Tigers over the Cowboys. The great debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Serious indeed. Uh, Kubota diesel generators will provide it. Reliable, constant backup power you need 
when you need it most. Uh, great debate. We spoke about it uh, through the week, Sats, yourself, myself, Gary Belcher, off the back of Dean Pay's whopping $25,000 fine. You can commit certain crimes in amongst the community and not get fined that much. But it was for comments post loss to the Broncos. Highly controversial loss, I might add. So I'm going to throw it out to you here that uh, the NRL should perhaps consider a sliding scale on its fines for coaches who blow up post-game during press conferences as the 25k handed out to Dean Pay seems a touch rich. Your initial thoughts and then maybe we can work out what that sliding scale might look like. Yeah, I, I like it, but also I'll throw up Benny to you. Yep. Um, a couple of other arguments. If we were to compare rugby league to maybe your generalised workplace. Yeah. Okay, so Dean Pay's been involved in coaching ranks as an assistant coach for many years mm-hmm. um, at the highest level and was a tremendous player, knows the landscape of the rugby league. Mm-hmm. He's seen on many occasions coaches that he has worked for be fined for uh, for similar offences when going to post-match press conferences and, and doubting and questioning the integrity of the, officials, yep. of the officials. So he knows the lay of the land. He knows what happens if you do that. And then, so in, in a normal workplace, you start a job mm-hmm. like Dean Pay has as the head coach. Uh, you know the industry. You do your induction. You get an understanding of what happens if you do something wrong. You get a warning in in your workplace, depending on how serious serious that um, that workplace offence may be. Yeah, that's right. So if you, it's like for likeness with Dean Pay, uh, twenty five thousand to me seems as though it's it's like yeah, your, your it's execution from day one rather yep. than saying, hey, listen, you you know the the lay of the land, you know how rugby league works in an operational sense and what you can and can't do. You've been in the rugby league pretty much your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you say something like that when you know what the outcome is possibly going to be? But yeah. but I agree with you. Being the head coach is completely different than being an assistant coach where you don't have to put up with a lot of the stresses of yeah. fronting the media. And my biggest concern always, Benny, is that emotional coaches on a losing side are thrown in front of the media within 15 to 30 minutes after a loss and they're still emotional and the media know that if they just throw that little bit of bait out, something's going to happen. Oh, of course. And, yep. and they got Dean Pay. They got yep. him. And yes, he did question the integrity of the referees. But when you're emotional, you 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 don't think straight. And that's exactly what mm. happened in in his first in his first occasion as a head coach in the first nine weeks of the competition, where he's he's had to question. Um, some of the decisions in a game in a loss. Yeah, now, I mean, I, I would obviously put a lot more of the finer work and detail into this if this was to become a, a more serious and extended conversation, Sats. But I, I would say, for example, and again, I would never tell the NRL how to run their shop, but, yeah, for the first offence, as it was for Dean Pay, and, and look, his comments weren't, I didn't think were overly pointed. They could be misconstrued, as as you said, attacking the integrity of officials. So that's why he, he has copped a, a fair old whack. But first offence, a severe reprimand, probably to the point of, you know, you, you issue a, a bit of a, a apology through the club or whatever channels you want to, and a small suspended fine. That would have been my first one for Dean. Second offence, if you go and have another clip a few weeks later, you get that fine and a larger suspended fine. And the third time, if you're silly enough to transgress three times within the one season, you get the big whack, say you're 25K, and I'd even give them a week ban from coaching. Would, would, would really? That, well, why not? If you Well, three strikes. If you haven't got the message by then, surely. But, I mean, I just think for Dean Pay, yeah, you're right. He's been in the industry. He knows the do's and the don'ts. But 
25,000. As I said, yeah, you can... It's you, rich, isn't it? Oh, it just feels like it's it's fattening up some coffers. So I just thought he was hard. And the, my worst fear out of all of this uh, is, well, it, it's obviously referees copping a tongue lashing. No one wants to see that. But it's coaches who will just literally turn up to these press conferences knowing the the dagger that hangs over their head should they say anything a little bit untoward. And they'll just they'll trot out cliches. They won't even bother... There What's are the... conversations with coaches as they go down to press conferences. If if a team feels as though they've been really badly done by, hard done by, there yep. are conversations with the CEO or the chairman yep. before they front that and said, we got you back. Yeah. If they hit with 10,000, yeah. we're yeah. going to pay it. Yeah, exactly. We need to get a message because yeah. if we get the right message across in weeks down the track, yeah. hopefully we'll get some of those, those tough calls go our way. Now, mm. they're obviously going to appeal that based on that he's a rookie coach. You know, what happened with in rugby league? Uh, we went through a period there, Benny, in rugby league, where that if you did something of a careless nature that was illegal, just say careless high tackle, whatever yep. it may be, um, or you used to receive a letter in the mail saying, or the club used to receive a letter, they used to present it to you saying in the you know, 56th minute of the game against Parramatta, you hit player you know, Bevan French uh, with a careless high tackle. Uh, this is a notice warning to say that if you continue this way, you'll be you know, brought in front of the judiciary and could mm. serve up to two to four weeks. Yeah. And as a player, it worked. It said, you know what, I've received two of these letters this this year already. If I get a third one, well, I'm going to miss playing with my mates. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to let my teammates down. So I, I think I think you are right. And I think on appeal, I think the NRL will suspend a large portion of that twenty five thousand. Yep. Yep. Because we used to have ten thousand dollar fines, Benny, and mm. then. That didn't stop coaches. And when you look at the percentages of coaches that have been fined, it is quite minor over the years. The amount of press conferences and the amount of games that we have, it is quite minor. So by going from 10,000, it obviously didn't stop some coaches. They <laughs> increased it to 20,000, yeah. 25,000. Yeah. Some coaches have got more. Yep. So it's it's not eradicating the problem completely. So by eradicating it, I think a wrap across the knuckles first. Yep. We're giving you a warning. We're trying to work with you here, not against you. Mm. But if you're going to continue mm. to put some barriers up, well, we're going to slap you hard. So I think I think we might find that from the NRL moving forward. Just I just hope the NRL don't think that if by decreasing and suspending some of that 25000 on Dean Payne and the Bulldogs that they don't feel as though that they're sending a message to yeah. the rest of the comp that if you do appeal, you're definitely going to get something mm. suspended. So it's going to be a case-by-case scenario, I think. Take a quick break. When we return, Sats' Makita Power Player of the Week and plenty more right here on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and First Choice Liquor. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. Driver's seat preview coming up shortly here on Off the Bench. Uh, Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler with you talking all things league. Let's find out who Sats has nominated this week for his Makita Power Player. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. Yeah, that's what we're focusing in on here. Makita's cordless power garden range, the world's largest range over 180 tools on the one battery. Who have you got for us this week, Sats? Mahe Fanua, who mm. usually it's throughout the whole week, isn't it? But over the last seven days. But I thought his performance against the Cowboys Thursday night was was amazing. Um, we talk about the power. The word power is the one that we want to focus on here with Makita Power Player. And he was just so powerful. Always named on the wing. He's he spent a lot of time down at Melbourne. He's actually, Benny, he's Melbourne's first 
developed player, not Melbourne Storm, but Melbourne as the state that was developed as a player that has yeah, played right. NRL. So if if he was to be made of eligible for state of origin, he actually can't play under the criteria oh, because okay. you've got to be Queensland or New South Wales. So so he was named on the wing for the West Tigers against the Cowboys. Kevin Naguama pulls out, so they throw Fanua into the centres, mm. and he was just absolutely powerful throughout the 80 minutes. He terrorised his opposition centre in Ben Hampton, who was probably the Cowboys' best player, but... He had a hand in two tries. Every part of involvement, he, some of his defensive uh, reads were were just sublime. He yeah. used his, his short, stocky build and used every part of his power to his advantage for the West Tigers. And was just, if the game went for a week, he would have got better <laughs> for the West Tigers. He was yeah. he was that dominant throughout the game. So he's the Makita power yep. player. Love it. Mahi Fanua, well done uh, on what was a great night for the West Tigers. Makita's cordless power garden range when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. Hey, another big weekend in motorsport coming up. Hey, the guys last week, by the way, caught up with Jamie Wincup discussing how he'd welcome change to V6 engines in the supercars and how he's all for the evolution of the category. So for Kubota construction equipment, delivering power and performance, speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen to Jamie Wincup. Looking at your career, your your seven uh, supercar championships that you've got there, two of them came in a Ford Falcon for, at the very start. Correct, yep. Where I'm going with this is obviously uh, the Falcon at the moment is starting to phase out and, and obviously we've heard talk that the uh, the Mustang's going to come in next year. Does that make you a bit yep. sad to see the uh, the Falcon starting to die down with the, with the new era of, of car coming into the category? Um. I'm not sure if sad word. Like, hey, I enjoyed my time, 0809, in the early days of Triple Eight, where we were representing the Ford flag, and then we we moved on to Holden, and who knows who knows where the future holds, you know. But I I I love change. There is a debate where don't give up a good thing, and you know what's proven, stick with what we know. But for me, I'm all for six-cylinder turbocharged engines. I'm all for changing it up. Um, and keep evolving because if we if we if we sit still, I think we'll uh, I think we'll get gobbled up. Mm. So um, at the end of the day, we're running out parts for the Falcon. It's, um, yeah. it's been embarrassing taking taking bonnets off cars in the parking lot to um, <laughs> you know to, to put on the Penske cars. What do you reckon uh, years wise? I mean, like are we talking one year, three years before we start to see those? I mean, we, and we know when it's been highly publicised with. Uh, with you guys developing that V6 turbocharged engine, um, are, are we going to see that soon, or is that is that still a few years away yet? Well, I think it's a couple of years away. We, we've we've put the put put the stops on that just to see what GM want to do. So, yeah, give it give it. It won't be next year. It'll be if earliest it'll be um, what 2020 now. Uh, but for me, the earlier the better. Like the change that, that we've we made from Ford to Holden, and then building the new car. Now the ZB this year, the new Aero package. That's what motorsports all about for me. Keep moving forward, not yep. uh, not staying still and getting stale. And I was really looking forward to the new engine program next year. We'll find ourselves another challenge. Don't worry about that. But um, the more we can mix it up, the more we can keep the engineers of the world inspired and trying to find new ways of going fast, um, I think that's a great thing for the sport. Another huge show this Sunday on the driver's seat uh, with the boys. They're going to catch up with Scotty McLaughlin and Mark Frosty Winterbottom. What a lineup of guests. You can catch the latest episode of the driver's seat this weekend online via Facebook where you can track down the podcast at Driver's Seat Show, doing it all for Kubota Ag Equipment. 
This is the life. Uh, you can join in the conversation on Facebook and Twitter by heading to Off the Bench Crew. We'll take a quick break. Sats' tips for the rest of round 10. That's coming up for you next. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and First Choice Liquor. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Oh, it signals the uh, impending conclusion of our show off the bench here on uh, this big, big Friday night. Uh, let's get into it, uh, Scotty Sattler, with your tips. What's left of round 10? Let's look to Saturday, the triple header, yep. including the double header, literally a double header at Suncorp. But we start with the Warriors and the Roosters. How good does this game look on paper? Yeah, well, the Roosters, first time they've left Sydney in 10 weeks. Mm. So uh, they might get homesick. We don't know that. <laughs> but the Warriors without Sean Johnson, Isaac Luke looks like he's going to play, even though that he dislocated his shoulder last week. Amazing rehabilitation from uh, Isaac Luke. I just think, I don't know why, maybe because it's Sean Johnson is missing, but I just think the Roosters, they're ready to explode. Yep. And yeah, at the moment, they're a little bit, they're like a, a one-trick pony. They load you up, load you up, load you up, and they fire a big shot at you, and it hasn't been working. And mm-hmm. last week, even though they weren't impressive, the Roosters, they played a little bit more of ad-lib rugby league, and that's what I want to see from the Roosters, and I think they'll beat the Warriors. All right, first game at Suncorp. Some suggesting yep. the Titans could kick off now and they still wouldn't beat the Storm, but uh, yep. Melbourne will want to bounce back. Uh, is that what you're sort of leading towards, a pretty big win here for Melbourne? Yeah, Melbourne. Well, the Titans beat the Broncos in round four at Suncorp Stadium, which was classed as an upset back then. They could do it here again as well, but you don't want to play the Storm after a loss, <laughs> especially after a controversial loss yep. last week, the way they lost to the Dragons with that disallowed try. So... Yeah, the Storm to be uh, back to their winning ways. They did beat them in the corresponding fixture last year, of yeah. course, too, in a, in a cracking yeah, match at Suncorp. Yeah, yeah Seagulls-Broncos in the uh, second of those two big games in Brisbane. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Broncos. The Seagulls yeah. are just, they're just hanging by a thread. They don't have depth. They haven't got enough players. Jackson Hastings, who you know, we thought may have forced his way back into the NRL team, injured last week playing for their second-tier feeder club. So, yeah, mm. they just, they're playing with 20 players at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, they won't make the season if if the the way they're going at the yeah, moment. Trent Barrett might have to pull the boots on at some stage. Uh, Sunday doubleheader. This is again, in my opinion, I think I probably would suggest yours as well. Sats the match of the round for round ten. Rabbitohs Dragons. What a beauty! Well, th- there's a the saying that goes around. It's called the bounce back factor. Okay, which is yeah, when you have a loss, you bounce back, and the Rabbitohs did that against the Newcastle Knights mm. last week, and then the Dragons. There's also there's the there's a, there's the fall off factor as well when yep. you play such a massive occasion against the Storm last week at Cogra, and then you've got to try and back that up the following week as well. I'm going to pick an upset here. I'm going to ta- I'm going to say the Rabbitohs for two reasons. One, the fall off factor of the Dragons, and they need to when you when you win consistently, you you do need to get a glitch in your system. You need to recheck yourself and have a loss here and there. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you learn more from your losses. But the Rabbitohs also, the other reason is they're one of the most impressive attacking sides in the competition. Mm. So two really fast teams, ask a lot of questions, a lot of speed. Uh, all their key players are playing really good footy. Sammy Burgess back as well, so he's looking to de- decapitate someone. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Rabbits in an upset. And finally, uh, the Raiders in Canberra taking on uh, the Sharks who are just sort of chugging along at the moment. Yeah, um, Junior Paulo out for 10 weeks from the Raiders. 
Um, actually, I, I did pick the Sharks earlier on in this week because they, they'll go down there, even though they haven't got Wade Graham, one of their key players. They just know how to grind out wins against a Raiders side that don't know how to grind out wins. Yep. But when you play the Raiders on a Sunday afternoon at in Canberra, they're a completely different side to playing them on a Saturday night because they want a fast track. They don't want it to be mm. slippery under your foot because they had a big forward pack. So they want it to be a day game where it's fast, it's open, and uh, and really good conditions. And that's apparently what's going to happen in, in Canberra. And it's going to be freezing cold as well. Oh. So I think um, I think the Raiders will beat the Sharks. I'm going to change my change my mind there. All right. Freezing cold in Canberra. Knock me over with a feather. I didn't know that was possible. Worst place, <laughs> Worst place in the world to play rugby league. <laughs> Big Four, uh, if you're looking to book a holiday in Canberra, probably not the right time of year to do it. But if you are going to... Go through bigfour.com.au to book your next holiday. Sats, you have a great weekend, mate. Thanks, as always, for your time here on Off the Bench. We'll catch you same time next week. See you, Benny.